Hi, good evening, everyone. My name is Catherine. I'm a compulsive overeater and your leader for this meeting. Hi, hi, welcome. Um, Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we begin, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please check again. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. OA members are reminded when sharing to speak to your recovery in the program of Overeaters Anonymous only. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. If there is press in the room, please do not take any unauthorized pictures or identify anyone using their full name. There will be audio recordings of this workshop, which you may purchase outside in the foyer. I will share for 20 minutes, followed by five minutes of Ask It Basket questions, finishing with open sharing. The topic for this session is Adjustment to an Attitude of Gratitude. Let's begin with a reading from For Today, page 267. I don't know where I'd find that. What? Oh, we don't have one. Okay, so I guess we're not reading for today. (laughs) We're off to a great start. Um, Okay. um, It says here, I'm going to read this. I don't know if this is going to make sense. I love today because this program has given me such a deep understanding of an of and gratitude for yesterday. I look back at what I was with a sense of triumph that I could have come through such spiritual impoverishment and hopelessness to the sustaining faith I have today. Okay. So okay. <laughs> So I'm Catherine, as I said, I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic, and um, I just have to say, I just feel out of sorts, and I think because I haven't been in a situation where I've been taped, um, I guess my ego's getting in the way, I'm not sure, but I hope I can share some things that can be supportive of you this evening and help my own recovery in the process, getting out of my comfort zone trying to um, do things to support recovery for all of those around us. So when I, I'll, I'll qualify, I've been in Overeaters Anonymous. I, my first exposure was uh, 1979. I stayed, what I was grateful for from that experience is that I found out that I wasn't alone, that there are other people who did these um, really um, crazy things with food and that I, um, it was such a secret and I was so ashamed of it. This way I ate compulsively and and didn't know how to eat normally. And I was either binging or I was dieting or I was, um, 
doing other behaviors to try to keep this compulsive eating at bay. And, um, my weight yo-yoed. I, I, I always had issues with sugar when I do, when I look back and did, did my food inventory, but, um, but, and I had some challenges earlier on, but it really kicked in. My eating disorder really kicked in, in my, in my high school years, especially following, um, I was sexually assaulted. And then I noticed without realizing it consciously, food was safe. Food became my best friend. And, um, I did other things, but more and more it was about food and different ways of having excuses to eat food, baking a lot and eating that kind of food compulsively. Um, I'd go all day without eating. Then I'd come home from school and eat from, from time to, from the afternoon till I went to bed or I would, um, be on Weight Watchers. And I did that several times till I finally, um, was successful with it. And then right all of a sudden then I'm gaining weight again. And I thought thin was going to make things better. And it didn't, thin did not make things better for me. I um, was still the same person. I still had issues and I, um, continued to just gain and lose and gain and lose weight. And that happened into college and just a lot of unhealthy behavior about, I wanted to be anybody but me. And I had low self-esteem. I didn't think I was pretty enough or smart enough or, um, and, um, I would have times when, as my recovery was, um, actually as I was progressing in the disease where it seemed to be okay. Like I'd have periods where I seemed to kind of eat normally and I wasn't having issues. And then I go right back into the behaviors and it got, it got worse and worse and progressed as I got older and it turned into bulimic behavior. Um, so I, so initially I was in OA for a couple of years and then I was in college, got pregnant and, um, never had, and stopped going to OA, never had any problems at all during my pregnancy with food. I, I, I had no issue other than feeling nauseous and that kind of thing. I did not compulsively eat. I didn't gain a lot of weight in my pregnancy. It was not hard. I didn't, I was, I'm very grateful for that. And then as soon as I had my daughter, I, I was still carrying extra weight and didn't seem to be able to release it and, um, and then once I stopped nursing anyway, went through some struggles and my relationship and weight kind of came off. And, uh, and then again, the yo-yo up and down kind of 20, 30 pounds would be abstinent, not abstinent. Came back into program and um, and then tried different things. I tried eating disorder groups. I tried outside therapy and behavior modification and ideas of thinking, oh, I don't have a disease. I'm, um, I, it's because of deprivation. So I tried the whole Janine Roth thing. It just goes on and on. So anyway, um, I finally hit a bottom. Um, I guess it was, it was an incident that occurred and I realized I was going to lose. I couldn't keep it together anymore. And I missed days of work. I just all kinds of things. 
and I hit a bottom and I finally got abstinent and abstinence for me is not a diet. And that was one of the things I couldn't stand gray sheet or do, do like the restrictive kind of low calorie things that I would always try to do whenever I got abstinent. It was always about like a Weight Watchers 1200 calories. Even if I was cycling 50 miles or hiking, I still thought, oh, I got it. That's the only way I can eat. Well, my um, abstinence, I do have a food plan and a plan of eating, but abstinence for me is really abstaining from my compulsive foods, which are sugary foods and uh, bulimic behavior, nocturnal eating, um, and then certain, um, we're not supposed to mention certain foods, but anyway, there's some other foods that I abstain from and, and different behaviors that I abstain from. Um, and my um, uh, and my my food is flexible. How I eat, I prepare a lot of my own food, and I bring things with me. Like I brought things for this to have with me for this um, weekend. I did go out for dinner tonight, but I brought my own food for other parts of it. It just works better for me sometimes. I pr- I eat a lot of times. I eat kind of the same thing, um, especially for breakfast and lunch. So that's kind of a background there, and I've been abstinent, I said, 15 years, and my I'm about 60 pounds um, from my top weight. So when we get into the topic of an attitude adjustment and gratitude, um, this one's really good for me because lately it's been a struggle for me to – there's times when <sighs> – it's hard to be grateful for things when um, I've been going through some different challenges the last six years. Um, I uh, I was married to someone I had met through another program, and he ended up being a sociopath and just basically embezzling and taking... Um, I just lost homes, and I lost a lot of... Um, I lost my marriage. I lost my homes. I had to go bankrupt. Um, I lost my dog passed away. All this stuff all happened like within a week of time. And that was like six years ago or so. And, um, so my life was looking really good and all of a sudden it wasn't good. And he had, um, showed me false documents. I thought everything was good. And the truth was he was lying and it wasn't. And so anyway, there I was with a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to deal with, a business he walked away from, homes he walked away from, and my whole, my life changed pretty um, rapidly. So I went, I was going through that and dealing with that. And then, um, grateful for this program, grateful for my recovery and, for help I got from other people to get through that. And because of this program, being willing to realize there were things that I needed to ask for help with and things that I needed to, um, to let go of and trying to see that in adversity, I could still be in recovery and I could still learn that, wow, things that I never thought would happen to me happened. I, this life was going along and wow, we're doing great. His business is doing great. I got to go to part-time work. I got to help take care of my grandkids. And all of a sudden everything just went upside down and it wasn't true at all. 
he just kind of made up this life and I and and that does happen to people and I never I didn't understand how it could happen but it can happen um and then three um I met someone I'd known and we um the night we had um announced our engagement uh, that was two and a half years ago he passed away that night suddenly and I was with him and um Anyway, so then there I was, and a lot of uh, challenges in my life. And so over the last couple of years, um, the attitude of gratitude, I really have had to cultivate it and really work hard at it because I had um, also, in, in all this time, the job I'd had for a long time, they suddenly sold the business. I lost my job. I got hired with a new company, but I lost all my benefits and everything. Had to start all over. And um, a new employer um, and um, just loss of wages. Just all these things that when I thought life was like, wow, this is really awesome. These great things happening. And then all of a sudden everything looked really different. So attitude adjustments. Um, what I've been doing, what I do to cultivate a attitude, um, attitude of gratitude is I write a gratitude list and, um, every day in the, in the morning I do that and I do it other times during the day. And when I'm in a place where I'm kind of feeling sorry for myself or things look really tough or I just start to, um, list and it could be the simplest things like I'm in a situation where I rent a room from someone, a friend of mine, and um, just being grateful that I have a home to go to, even though it's not, you know, my home. I have a washer and dryer. I have healthy grandkids. I get to spend time with them. I have a job where I don't have to commute. Um, The sun came up. The birds are twerping. My garden's growing. I have a garden to put plants in to grow. I um, friends. So that's kind of what I work on really hard because I can kind of go to the other way where nothing matters. I don't really care. I can't believe this life has happened to me. Um, and this week is an example of an attitude, changing my attitude. Wednesday night uh, in Sonoma County, they have a fair and Tower of Power was playing. And I told someone from program I was going to meet her there. And then, of course, my behavior is like, I'm tired. I really don't want to go. I have to work the next day. I'm, I really don't want to do this. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be cold. I, this, all this negative thinking. And what was really neat about it was, and then I told her uh, the morning of it, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to back out because I'm really tired. I haven't slept well. I have to work tomorrow and I just don't think I could do this. I'm getting older. I just can't handle doing this tonight. And she was really cool with it. And then I just stepped back and, and my gratitude for this recovery program and and other programs of 12-step was that I made a commitment to someone. And when I make a commitment, I keep it and show up. And so I said, I, I, and you know, God was saying, Hey, you don't have to stay there the whole time. Just suit up and show up, take it. And so I did, I grabbed some clothes that I could quick throw on after work. And I actually got there early. I ran into all kinds of great people. I got to hear some great music and I left I didn't stay 
too late, but I got to know this person and some other friends. And it was because I changed my attitude. Instead of like what is horrible that's going to happen, I thought, you know, why don't you just, instead of contempt prior to investigation, why don't you just suit up, show up, and see how it goes and be of service by keeping your commitment to this person. Because I know what it's like when you expect friends to show up and all of a sudden they don't and they flake on you and you're kind of sad and lonely about it. And I didn't want to do that to her. So I, so it turned out to be a great evening. I got to know her better. This is how I'm going to make friends. I, um, I got to see some exhibits and do things I normally wouldn't do if I was bringing grandkids or whatever. And got to hear some great music with some great musicians who were really loving what they do. And when you see people doing that, it just gave me a joy and to be myself and to dance. And it was warm out. It turned out to be way better than I thought it could be. So that was shifting my thinking. And it's because of this program that I do that. It's, it's really, uh, no matter what, I don't have a desire to eat or compulsively eat or use my binge foods or do any of that. I really want to um, to just continue to grow in my recovery. And I and as long as I'm on the planet, I know what's going to keep me sane is just creating a life, doing these steps, using these steps as my way of life that has given me so many opportunities. And as a single person, I do have opportunities that I wouldn't have if I was in a, in a relationship. And it's teaching me to reach out, get out of my comfort zone, travel by myself, um, and, and, and do things on my own. And, just, and I can have a good time doing it. So I just want to thank you for being here. Um, and I think that's all I have to say. Thanks. I, I will now draw questions from the Ask a Basket, and then I guess I have five, if there are any. Is there a few? I hope they edit these tapes or there's going to be a long silence here. <laughs> we're going to be like, yeah, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, we're meditating on gratitude. Thank you. Okay, so let's see. Which steps tie to gratitude? Let's see. Um, I guess for me, um, the, honestly, I, in a way it's kind of all the steps because they, they, because they, 
because the first step is like, I know I don't have a, I have a disease. It's not my fault that, um, that my life really is unmanageable and that's okay. And the second step is really about gratitude for me that I could create a higher power that is, is my definition of a higher power, not the one I grew up with that didn't work for me. And I continue to grow with that. And I have, I, I have a, a way of life now that works. I have a higher power to trust and wants me to rely on. I call that higher power God, that God wants a relationship with me and loves me. Um, and that I could, I can share what's going on in my life with step four and share it with someone in step five. And then understand that character defects, it's not about, it's about getting rid of the ones that aren't serving people or or others or myself. It, It just goes on from there, being able to take an inventory, being able to share it with people, being able to do many four steps prayer and meditation, growing spiritually. I have a church home now. And then sharing this with other people and having a place to come to live one day at a time without my eating, you know, my active eating disorder. So that's all of them. I really think all of them. What do you do daily to show gratitude, to show it? Okay. So to show gratitude, I am, well, okay, so... I do, as far as that, so that's like really taking action to show gratitude. To show gratitude, I I show up and I I show up and smile at work and and am grateful, even though there's stress there. Um, To be there for my, um, I'm in healthcare, to get out of myself and be there for other people, to get out of my problems and just know I'm here to serve you today. To be able to kind of take on people's fears and their personal struggles and whatever's going on and to care for them and also to give them love and support and to try not to complain about things or be part of the gossipy stuff, just to be a positive energy regardless of what or how colleagues or people are behaving toward me. I don't have to react. I can act act on things, uh, show gratitude. Just to say thank you, like when I go to different events, when I go to a restaurant, when I go to the bank, when I, just to say thanks, like thanks for being here on a Saturday. Thanks for helping me figure out the stuff I don't understand on my computer. Um, Thanks for serving me today giving a a waiter, a server, a bigger tip or, um, just to show, Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. You did a good job with that. Just smiling at people, even if they don't smile back, just to show, um, to just, just to walk around with some positive energy. Cause I really believe that, that, that brings good energy to people around me. Um, noticing things, noticing little things people are doing and taking time to talk to people, to listen, mostly listen. Um, that one of the best gifts I can do of gratitude is just to be grateful for the people in my life and, and to tell them that, and also to, to show up and be available 
to act it with my behaviors. So that those are some of the things I do on a daily basis. And let's see what else. Um, after your first marriage ended, did you work a fourth step on that relationship? What tools do you utilize after your divorce? How do you maintain your abstinence? Okay, after I was married twice, actually. After my first marriage, um, yeah, I've done four steps on these. Yes, lots of four steps. And um, on my relationships. And what, so I could see, I could, um, I could try to understand that they were sick and they were doing the best they could and um, see my part. And my part in it was um, maybe seen in my first marriage, just seeing that um, it, being grateful, actually, that that person wanted a divorce and left me for someone else because I wouldn't have done it because of my religious upbringing. And actually, I was grateful that that person did and being friends with that person. And um, and also, when there were times when there was contention and um, trying not to – I wasn't perfect about all this – but trying not to be get my daughter involved. And also, no matter how he was acting, my fourth step, which I try to keep remembering, okay, he's a sick person doing the best he can. And the same with the second one. Um, I don't have a relationship. I actually have a restraining order against that person. Um, and the tools I used were all, all of them, prayer, meditation, um, my sponsor, um, writing four steps, going to meetings, doing service, getting out of myself, doing service, um, diving really deep in the, into the steps, um, tools of like literature, asking and um, asking people for help, getting on the phone, calling people when I got scared or was just. Uh, be feeling vulnerable, but doing it and doing it because I knew I needed it to stay in recovery. Um, I, I, I don't need to ever use food or binge or compulsively eat over any of this stuff. I don't want to. And, um, I use my program as a way to, it's a foundation for my life. These 12, it really is. It's not over here. It's actually, I, I made a conscious choice that this is how I'm going to do my life. It doesn't always make sense to me. I, It's sometimes a mustard seed of faith, but I decided my way of life didn't work at all. This way of life, even though my life looks way different than I hoped it would be sometimes or thought it would be, it's actually a pretty darn awesome life. I have a lot to be grateful. How do you maintain your abstinence? I maintain my abstinence by um, I write down my food every day. I don't call in my food to my sponsor. I've tried that before. It just doesn't seem to work for me. But I talk about my food. I have a sponsor. I um, pray and meditate every morning. I bring a lot of food with me. I think ahead. I resent that sometimes, I have to tell you. It's a pain in the butt when, you know, Sunday night or Monday night, because my work Tuesday through Friday, like I'm chopping up everything and getting it all ready. Because it's, it's better for me to bring my food and have it there right in the morning to grab and I, because I, where I work, there's lots of opportunities to have food that 
I probably could eat, but I don't need to eat and a lot of food I can't eat. And so I have my food and I have food I like. And so it's worth that hour of getting it all ready for, isn't it funny? An hour really isn't that long, is it? When I think about how much time I binge, but I tell you how many times I'm sitting there chopping my food and fixing it and going, Oh, I hate doing this. I'd rather be doing something else. So that, but that's a big important part of my recovery and having non-perishable ways of eating. When I go to places like this, I bring stuff with me. I don't like eating every meal out and I don't like, um, I've done the dinner meeting and you know what I hate? I hate when you sit down and eat and you feel so rushed, like they're grabbing food and taking it away. And it's so uncomfortable to me that I'd rather, I mean, I'm just kind of bummed that I missed the speaker, but it was also 50 bucks. I don't have this time either. So I tried something different this time. And, um, and also when I'm at a place like this, I don't want to spend an hour in line in the morning. I've seen that where they have some buffet or something. And, uh, I want to be able to get to my meetings and pray and meditate and go for a walk. I don't want to waste my time in line trying to figure out where to eat or what to eat. So I do. I, that's one of the ways I maintain my abstinence. I have my sponsor. I call. We. I co-sponsor right now. I go to meetings. I do service. Um, and uh, yeah, those are some of the things I do. I I reach out. I exercise because that helps get rid of a lot of stress for me try to do um, other activities that I really enjoy doing. Those are the things I do to help maintain my abstinence. And let's see what else. What childhood behaviors, feelings show up up in your adult life which can trigger your disease? Can you share about your childhood? Sure. Uh, Show up in your adult life. Okay. Um, Well, when I was at... the, The... the childhood behaviors and feelings, the behaviors, uh, I maybe, well, the behaviors were definitely when it came to food and sugar and stuff like that. I, um, I would have been obese if we, my mom hadn't kind of, um, cause we didn't have a ton of money and I was a kid who liked to follow the rules. You didn't eat unless you were given food. You know, well, I'd go through, we could have fruit, I guess, but we didn't have a lot of junk around unless it was holidays and that kind of thing. And you were served so much food and that's all you got. Or I was always asking for seconds. Most of the time there weren't any. Um, but the behaviors, but when I had an opportunity to have sugar and it, it wasn't that I consciously was doing it. It was, I would have as much as I could have. So I shared earlier, Oh, well, like junior high, we were selling candy bars and I, I probably had to buy as many for myself as I sold because when it was around, I would just eat it all. And I didn't understand. So when it came to sugar and desserts and sweets and things like that, I, I I could just keep eating it until I was sick. Like, and then holidays, when we did hit holidays back then, big spreads of food and I would just eat and eat and get so sick, especially sweets and, and carb, carby kind of behavior stuff. Um, I was, I was, active. My siblings made fun of me. So from an early age, I knew I was kind of different. I, um, I was very dark. I'm dark. And, um, they, they used to call me the black Cheerio cause I was kind of chubby and dark and make fun of me and my skin color. And, um, and then also cause I was chubby, they made fun of me. So as an adult, 
my um, and between that and my spiritual upbringing at the time, which was Catholic and guilt and all that stuff, I just felt like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't good enough. I had low self-esteem. Um, I every it seemed like every kid in my family had something they excelled at, and I didn't seem to. Some were very musically inclined. Some were really good at business or whatever. And it seemed like there was nothing that stood out for me other than I was um, I was too idealistic, they said. And I was really into ecology and all the stuff back then when people weren't. So there was a lot of that affected me a lot. Those voices that said, you're, you're not enough because you're not thin enough because you're not pretty enough. Um, and that really carried with me for a long, long time. Can you share about your childhood? So I'll just say that I grew up in a family. Um, there were five kids. My mom had five kids in like eight years. And when when I was born um, right after, well, she had a, a I was like a year and a half. And I don't, of course, I don't remember any of this, but my, my mom... Um, got pregnant and she had a nervous breakdown. And so I was, I don't know, there was someone who came in to help take care of us a little bit. So I know that affected me because she wasn't able to take care of me very well, obviously. And um, there was someone coming in, taking care of us a little bit. And so I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. And then I went to a different school than my siblings because it was was during the baby boom. And instead of my parents saying, no, the other four kids go to this school, she's going to go to this school, I, I had to go to a different school than them. And that felt really weird. Like, they're all here and I'm in a different school. I'm the darkest kid in the family. They're making fun of me. Um... But, uh, but I felt secure in my family. I had mom, dad, but I did come from an alcoholic addict family. And um, everyone in my family is either alcoholic or addict or codependent. We all got disease going on. So um, we, my parents loved us. We didn't have a ton of money, but we, they, my dad took really good care of us. I felt secure that way, but he was a very authoritative kind of dad. My mom was a screamer and yeller. So I was always walking on eggshells, like kind of like, what did I do now? Or what's going to make her explode? Um, and that was, that was, that was um, difficult to deal with. Uh, we, I had fun, too. I was in Girl Scouts, and I, was in, I went to camp. And I was this kid who was kind of like, and then when I was a junior, I got to a point, though, in junior high, I was either... Like I was at Girl Scout and did that stuff, but then I was doing this crazy, unhealthy, hanging out with drug addict behavior and doing crazy, unhealthy stuff because I just didn't think I was good enough to be with the smart kids. That's the truth. It's like I've had this black or white thinking. I'm either perfect or I'm nothing. And that's and that was kind of how I did a lot of things. So anyway, that's it for the questions. So now it's time for people to share, right? Can we go ahead and do that? It's time. Okay. Now's the time for open sharing. Please come to the podium if you would like to share and sign the recording release form. Please stick to the topic and the timer will remind you to stop at three minutes. So anybody feel like talking tonight? And... And we're just going to use, I guess, this form because we ran out. Okay. So.
Hello, everyone. My name is Julie, compulsive overeater, gratefully <laughs> in recovery. And thank you so much. Oh, awesome. I love how she shares about the shift, about gratitude. And I remembered um, my family of origin, they, li- they live across the country. And I moved to California, you know, to have a, a distance. And I remembered um, six years ago, I was in so much fear to go home to visit my family. And, you know, so I met with my sponsor. And so she said, she suggested to write a gratitude list of my mother, my sister, and my niece, three separate lists. And when she suggested that, I said, are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, I was in so much resentment. And so I didn't do it. So I went, proceeded with my visit. And I I got home, and I wasn't connected to my higher power, which is gratitude. And I got triggered. Something happened, and I disengaged, and I was in so much pain. And then I did my um, prayer meditation, and my higher power was on one shoulder, and my sponsor was on the other shoulder. And my sponsor's voice said, go where the love is do your gratitude list. And my higher power said, yes. (laughs) So I wrote out a three list. I wrote, filled the page with what I'm grateful for, for my mother, another page for my sister, another page for my niece. And I did it. And I, what I did was I took the gratitude list and wrote them in a card for each one. And so I gave them the card and, you know, they're not in recovery, you know, so they're like, Oh, You know, they were surprised, like, wow, because, you know, I I shared about how much I love them and all their positive attributes. And as a result of those three lists, my sister reached out to me, and she offered to pick me up, take me on an errand, and take me to my father's grave, which I've never been to. And I believe that if I did not write those gratitude lists, I would have been in my disease of separation, so um, I u- utilize that tool um, specifically like when I wake up in the morning. Um, the first thing I do is write a five-point gratitude, and I put my higher power first in whatever, you know, that's the first thing I do. So thank you very much for this loving topic, and gratitude is the attitude where I need to be. <laughs> thank you. Anyone else feel like sharing this evening? Sign down there, I guess. Okay, thanks. I am Joyce, compulsive reader. And... Uh, Sometimes I'm not too grateful, but right now I can say I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. I'm grateful to be here, and um, gratitude is is kind of the the key of my program. Um, One thing I have that I really uh, enjoy using is uh, a a God can. It's a can with plastic lid that I can put some through the list, through a slit, 
and I put things in there that I'm grateful for. And every now and then I'll open the can and, and look at what's in it. It's, it's great because by that time I've forgotten what I put in there in the first place. Uh, so that's, uh, I also kind of cheat a little bit because I also put in the God can things that I th think I can't deal with, but uh, God can. So, you know, anyways. <laughs> So, and uh, every January I open the, the the can and look at all the things that I thought I couldn't deal with, and in general they've all been dealt with. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I make a five-item gratitude list almost every morning. To be honest, I sometimes don't, but almost every morning, and I go to. Uh, an attitude adjustment meeting uh, at 6 a.m. many m many mornings and 6:45 other mornings. The 6:45 one is an, uh, is another program, but it happens to be just a few blocks from my house, and I need to get out of bed because I'm retired and I don't have a job to go to, and sometimes I think I don't have a reason to get up. So I have the reason I have is to go to a meeting, and I'm grateful for those meetings. Um, and it's, it's truly an attitude adjustment meeting because I don't want to be there by you. And I go to the meeting, and after the meeting is over, I'm grateful that I have been there and that it got me out of bed and it got me uh, into a better attitude. So... I'm grateful for that. Thank you for listening. Anybody else? Anyone else want to share this evening? Thank you. Um, this is Julie again, still compulsive overeater. And I left something very important off from my share. When I do my five-point gratitude, I put my higher power first and my abstinence. I just wanted to add that. Thank you. like we have another person. Cindy, just, you just signed here. Thanks, Cindy. Hi, I'm Cindy. I'm a compulsive overeater. And uh, thank you for your share and for everybody else. Um, you know, I've been here in a, a long time, and um, sometimes I take for granted things that I should be really, really, really grateful for, which I am deep down. But there are also things that um, I'm used to now, and I think it's kind of human nature to kind of take things for granted. And um, But there's so many amazing things that have happened to me since I've been in this program. I've been here for 16 years, 
and um, I've relapsed many, 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 many times. So uh, I just celebrated three years of absence last week, and that is, um, thank you, <laughs> and that is something that, like, when I was deep in the food, like, I couldn't even imagine, um, but there's so much more beyond that. Like, my entire life has been changed. Honestly, I've told people this, and I mean it with all my heart, that if I would have made a list like 10 years ago of everything that I wanted in my life, I would probably have most of it today. Um, and recovery from this disease would be one of them. And not just recovery, like abstaining, but like the freedom that I feel from abstaining, you know, I can go anywhere and, and abstain today and I can go anywhere and, and want to abstain. You know, um, I have a food plan and I have my abstinence and I eat three meals a day and my life is not revolved around food like it used to be, you know. I love food. I look forward to every meal, but it doesn't consume my entire being anymore. You know, I have a life out there and it's so much bigger than food. And um, just that little tiny small world that I used to live in is so big today, like so big that I sometimes don't know what to do with, there's just so many amazing things going on, you know. And um, today I have a job that I've been at for almost 10 years. I cannot even imagine, like, having a job for that long. Um, in my area, I put on workshops for OA, and I, when I first got here, like, I couldn't even look anybody in the eye, and I couldn't even open my mouth for 30 seconds. And I stand in front of people, like, on a regular basis, and and um, people tell me, like, that I, you know, my workshop that I created, like, gave them hope. And that is, like, something to truly be grateful for. I also came here at 479 pounds, and I'm not today. And, you know, I couldn't walk, and I couldn't breathe, and I had diabetes and heart palpitations and high blood pressure and just everything you can imagine. This disease almost took my life, and... Um, today I can walk, today I can, you know, walk on the beach, today I can, um, play with my daughter, and, um, you know, I threw out my arm one time, um, and it had to be in a sling from playing basketball, you know, like, that's a gift, to be able to do something like that, and I have relationships today, um, I, I can be of service, you know, I, I don't even know what a commitment is when I'm in my disease, and I've been doing these workshops now for, like, two years, and, just the idea that um, that I can, like, say that I'm going to do something and actually do it is, like, a miracle and, you know, a gift of this program. So um, thank you for being here. Hi. Looks like... Does anyone else want to share before we wrap up this meeting tonight? I just want to thank you um, before I close. I really appreciate this opportunity because um, this is such a stretch for me to be up here out of my comfort zone. And um, I was reminded by the shares tonight of so many other things I have to be grateful for. And one of them is to walk through these kind of situations and hopefully get better at it and not feel so fuzzy in the head. I'm sure that's a lot of anxiety and stress of trying to do something new. 
Um, and I'm grateful that my higher power kind of nudged me to keep my commitments and, and just walk through the discomfort. <laughs> Cause I'm telling you that part of me tonight is like, I'm never going to do this again. I'll be a timer. I'll do anything, but I will never sign up for this again. And then I thought, you know, this isn't about you. Um, I will never listen to the CDs that they produce. Cause I don't want to hear what I sound like or all the things I forgot to say, or boy, that's real ego there, but it's a truth too. It's really just telling you my truth. And that's how my recovery is, um, is working is by suiting up and showing up and telling the truth and being vulnerable. And I can do that with you guys. So thank you. I just wanted to, anyway, that's my biggest gratitude tonight. But of course, besides my recovery, my abstinence, that's absolutely number one. So thank you for all for sharing and participating. It's now time to close the session. Please stand and join hands as we close with, um, let's see, I think the serenity prayer, we'll do that.